I want to I want to go back in time for a lot of reasons, right? I want to tell that little uh, 14, 12-year-old Chris Plank that's sitting in his room playing video games to go learn how to play the guitar or the piano and start working out. Um, but I also think I want to make sure I can go back in time, Josh, to hear when Steelman was doing karaoke to the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Did they ever say what bar it was at? <laughs> I don't know. And now that commercial's gonna that's pretty that commercial's good. gonna have that song stuck in my head. I all I know is there is the mention of a lake called Gitchy Gunny or something in the words. That's all I know. <laughs> and if Steel man. He, uh, Josh Helmer, if you're to care what's your go to karaoke song if you were to karaoke? I don't know, like Hey Ya by Outcast. Something where you like you really okay. don't have to be that good, but it's like everybody's all oh, right, yeah. You gotta get something that the crowd gets into. Mm. I haven't been to karaoke in a really in a really long time. <laughs> Probably for good reason. I think I honestly think Dude, I don't think I've been to a karaoke event in at least 25 years. At least. Look, there's a proud member of the Raider Nation. I think he's just wearing a free sweatshirt. My bad. Josh, help. I mean, he was wearing a Raider shirt. I just kind of thought maybe it's like, Raider Nation, what's up, buddy? No? All right, cool. (laughs) My social awkwardness comes out whenever I try to. Vegas, that's right. He's like, I haven't liked them since they were the Los Angeles Raiders. All right, welcome into the Plank Show. We're on the road at Riverwind Casino today. Great place to hang. Um, They've got, I mean, the place is already hopping. Already hopping. And it's going to be even more packed as the Showplace Theater opens back up soon. In fact, it's open now. Uh, You can get tickets to Foreigner Rodney Carrington near Lewis today on sale. Box office is open. Phone lines open riverwind.com you ready top five stories of the day uh born ready um here we go is it 11 o'clock it's time for the top five stories of the day brought to you by newcastle casino newcastle casino where real gamers play let's go man well absolutely newcastlecasino.com learn more uh right now Real, R-E-E-L, gamers play. A couple of notes that didn't quite make the top five stories of the day include Casey Thompson looking like he is on his way to Florida Atlantic. And I've realized something in listening the uh, this morning to TJ and Toby Rowland on the T-Row in the Morning Show, Josh. We probably don't do as good of a job as we should do covering baseball. Because suddenly the Dodgers are hot again, and I care. So so as soon as softball and college baseball wrap up, this will be a very, very heavy Major League Baseball program. Wake me up when the Kansas anyone City Royals that? decide that uh, they want to take baseball seriously again. <laughs> anyone, anyone buying that stock right now? I don't think so. All right, let's go. Big story number five. Number five. All right, first of all, um, two – Two-tiered number five. You ready? Yes. Two-tiered number five. Two-pronged. First, your reaction, Josh Helmer, to the Bama drama 
which led to head coach Brad Bohannon being fired from the baseball team amid what had been a widespread investigation into suspicious betting activity on the Crimson Tides game against LSU six days ago. Sportsbook surveillance video indicated that the person who placed the bet was communicating with Bohannon at the time. Now, first of all, i got to be honest with you. That seems, how were they able to prove that? Did the dude have Coach Bohannon on his phone and they were able to zoom in and show that that's who he was texting on security cameras? Somebody, I think he was, is this? I think he was like in the casino, was he not, for one of them? Oh, well, I mean, I know that one of the guys was, but if they say he was communicating with him, I mean, Coach Bohannon isn't there in the casino with him. So how did they know? Did they confiscate his phone and go through it, and the dope was not smart enough to delete his messages? Yeah, I don't know. That even matters? I don't know. I don't know. That's one of those where it's like, you can really catch me doing that? (laughs) That I would think is like, whoa, wait a minute here. That's illegal? Yeah, I don't know. I I always usually pull... Maybe literally on Go his ahead. phone plank, they were able to zoom it in, and it was like Coach yeah. Bohan in Alabama. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I guessed. I don't know. The school announced that the termination was immediate, or at least starting of the termination process. Um, the alleged suspicious activity took place Friday at the sportsbook of the Great American Ballpark, according to the Ohio Casino. Control Commission. Toby, what's going on here? The Crimson Tide. By, that's because it's in Cincinnati. It's a joke, people, and he's a Reds fan. Uh, the Crimson Tide were 30-15 and 15 under Bohannon and won their first game last night without him as their head coach. The other pronged story, if you will, from our top five stories of the day is also college-related. And I actually kind of had to laugh about it a little bit. But Colorado Athletic Director Rich, uh, Rick George remains staunch in his support of first-year coach Deion Sanders' plan to rebuild his roster. Quote, I have confidence in him and his staff, and they know what they're doing. He's been very honest and forthright. He's been very open about it publicly and privately. He's trying to build a winner at Colorado, and this is his way to do it. Now, again, that number is up to 57 Buffaloes who have entered the portal It's an unprecedented amount of exits. And according to ESPN Stats and Info, 71 total Colorado players have entered the portal since August, which includes those who left following the 1-11 season. So 20 were already gone whenever Dion inherited it. It's now up to uh, 71 total. Hold on, math. 20 were already gone by the time he inherited it, 51 after he took over. Colorado by far has had the most players enter the portal since Arkansas State with 50. And I I think the funniest part of this story, Josh, what else is the head coach or the athletic director going to say about the head coach that he hired three months ago? Of course he's going to say that he supports him, right? Yeah, you, you would anticipate that would be the case. I mean, uh, Rick George is supporting his guy. Well, I mean, I'm not here to, like, point fingers or anything, but, my gosh, I sure would hope so. All right, um, big story number four. Number four. Oh, sorry. 
right, big story number four. We don't have to spend much time on it, but, Josh, your level of – this is also NBA playoffs from last night. But, Josh, your level of surprise with Mike Budenholzer. That's Mike Budenholzer being fired just two years removed from winning an NBA title by the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm pretty surprised by it. I, I guess uh, I didn't realize there was that much smoke and, and heat there. I know that questionable decisions throughout the series, and then obviously you get bounced, but felt like maybe there's a little bit of grace given uh, Giannis, you know, not being a part of several games in the series. And yet, you know, uh, even though you won a world championship the first in 50 years for Milwaukee, there's – clearly a belief in Milwaukee that they haven't gotten enough out of this uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo era. I, I'm kind of a little bit sad about it. I like Mike Budenholzer. Yeah. I thought he was a pretty good coach. Well, and this is uh, – Wins a title and gets fired. Two coaches now in the NBA, Toronto and here in Milwaukee, that have won recent NBA titles that, that got the ax. Yeah, Nick Nurse and now Boonholzer. Meanwhile, in the NBA playoffs last night, the uh, the Lakers were unable to overcome playoff clay last night. <sighs> it's unreal what he did. You name it, he was able to do it last night. Clay Thompson uh, was basically the difference maker all night long in helping lead Golden State to the game two win over the Lakers. So now... It goes from, oh, my gosh, the Lakers might be off to a, to a title run to what's wrong with the Lakers? Are they going to get it done? Are they going to win a game in this series? I, I get it that we all have time to fill. But, geez, man, can we be a little bit less knee-jerky? Is that, is that acceptable in the NBA playoffs? Just enjoy it. Enjoy the run. We don't have to – not everything has to be some sort of – indictment on what the rest of the series is going to look like. I mean, it's the NBA playoffs, man. Knee jerk like crazy. Calm down a little bit. That was, now, with that said, the series is over. That was that was massive <laughs> for Golden State, though. I mean, it, the series, yeah. technically, I mean, is it feasible that Golden State could have won the series even after losing the first two at home? Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, it's feasible, but it wouldn't have been very likely at all. And the, the complexion of the series, I mean, obviously it hinged uh, in large part on what happened last night. And that third quarter, man, they just they put it on them and raced away. And now let's see what happens when they shift back to uh, to L.A. See if the Clay Thompson cut is ever going to Lines Draymond. Draymond's facilitate here. Nice bounce pass to Clay, but Reeves recovers. Runs Reeves through a screen. Clay shoots on the way. Three ball, and he's still hot. Knocked it down. He's got 22. Yeah, I turned that game off about midway through the third quarter. I'm sure most of you did, too. Tonight you get the Celtics at the Sixers at 6.30, followed by the Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns, too, in my favorite joke. Apparently walked from Denver to Phoenix since they haven't played since Monday. Final score last night, 127-100. Josh talked about that third quarter, 43-24. to 43-24, to the Lakers were outscored in the third quarter. And Anthony Davis... I mean, we've seen we've seen better days from Anthony Davis. Not, not as the kids would say, his best performance last night from AD as the Lakers fall. All right, um, anything else on the NBA side to add? We good? 
I think we're good. I just can't wait to uh, see what's going to happen tonight between Phoenix and Denver. Speaking of shifting scenery and, uh, you know, needing to get things on the right track, we'll see tonight if uh, it's all just about curtains for Phoenix. All right, big story, number three. Number three. Josh, what have we been able to learn throughout today about the newest addition to the Oklahoma Sooner football team, Connor Near, the linebacker from Ferris State? Here, here's what I have learned. A lot, of you, a lot of you guys, you've done your homework, so I'm grateful for that. Um, but I tell you what, man, um, the more I hear about this, the more I watch this kid, I'm I'm intrigued to see how it fits. And I really can't wait. I really can't wait to see what Teddy has to say about him, to be honest, right? Um, I got to be honest with you. I am not going to pass any judgment on anything, period, when it comes to a linebacker and Brent Venables brings him in. Because to me, I think that's, hey, he sees something in him, let's go. But the bottom line more than anything to me is I, you feel like you needed a linebacker to come in. This is good. I just saw this off the text line. Kind of like the TD Roof edition from last year, right? The new linebacker is Ted Roof. Is TD Roof, writes the 850. He brings the experience we might be lacking in the room and is an older guy with younger guys. And I feel like you you have much better depth of experience this year, not only with the addition of of near, but also with the experience that Danny Stutzman has too. So you have a guy that's been in the system for a year, in Stutzman that's kind of become the leader in Canick, still a younger guy has played a lot, but knows the defense much better. And now you add, now you add near from Ferris State, and here's one from the 405. Ferris State is like the Georgia of D two, so. I like that. <laughs> but, Josh, we still have a lot to learn about him. Gleak juggernaut, baby. Here we go. Come on down. Two-time national champ, All-American, and uh, he's he's the part physically. 6'2", 235. So this is somebody that's going to help Oklahoma get better. I mean, even if it's just an in-practice standpoint, this is not, hey, let's add from Ferris State, and he's 5'10", 190. I mean, this is 6'2", 235. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, anything else to add from Sooner Football? Oh, the, the top ten list was dropped for five-star defensive lineman Williams Nwaniri. Uh The top ten list for the 6'6", 250-pound offensive lineman out of Lee's Summit, Missouri, number two player in the 2024 class, number one defensive lineman. It does include Oklahoma, among the likes of Alabama, Oregon, Tennessee, Nebraska is in there. So there you go. You have a you have a stud, an absolute stud that is considering Oklahoma. We'll see what Parker has to say about it coming up in about 30 minutes from now. All right, a big story number two. Number two. All right, number two tonight, the Oklahoma Sooner baseball team squares off against West Virginia. I got to be honest with you, I'm pretty pumped about it. And I'll tell you what, it's a great opportunity for Oklahoma, Josh, is it not to put themselves in a position 
to where they're right in the middle of things in the Big 12. You know, you get a win tonight, you win this series, you know, this has kind of been the kings of the Big 12 this year in baseball, but they're not necessarily running away from Oklahoma State. You get three against the you get three you get three against West Virginia the first place team. You get a couple again or you get three against Oklahoma State and sandwiched in there is that Gonzaga series. So Josh, to me, Oklahoma's got a great opportunity to make up some ground here. No doubt. And probably, you know, you start thinking about at-large bid opportunity for Oklahoma. I've been sharing the RPI numbers with you all week long, but Oklahoma's 54th there. West Virginia, they are 15th in the college baseball RPI. So you pick up a couple of wins, win this series, and we'll see where that gets Oklahoma. But then, uh, you know, big picture, too, you start thinking about the RPI, of course, needs to be in a certain range, Plank, I think, when the season ends, to feel confident and comfortable that you'd get an at-large bid. The other thing, a lot of times when when we talk NCAA basketball tournament or college baseball at-large bid, it would help Oklahoma to have a winning Big 12 record. And they're right there, right there, 500. You win this series this week, and you position yourself to, to get to that point where you close with a winning record. You're going to hear from Skip after the break. But first, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. And you're going to hear from Patty Gasso after the break. You know, there is one thing that with all of these trips, you sit back and you wonder, is this the last time that we're going to make this trip? Because the Sooners will have OSU at home next year. And I don't see any willingness on either part to get to get back to how this series should be, where you save a little money on hotels and travel, and you do two and one. What is it? How did it used to go? Two in Norman and one in Stillwater. Sometimes they would do one in Norman, one in OKC, one in Stillwater. Now that the three game sets are staying on the campus sites, which is fine. Um, is this Oklahoma's last ever trip? in softball to Stillwater. Patty Gasso talked a little bit about it earlier this week. Oh, Kenny Gajewski had some takes. But bottom line, OU, OSU, the Sooners, they want to keep rolling. They got a 38-game winning streak. There is no let-up just based on the fact that they found themselves in you know, a position where they've already clinched their conference championship. They want to go sweep three games from Oklahoma State. So we'll talk about the matchup. You'll hear from Patty on the future of Bedlam. And a little Skip Johnson, too, next, right here on The Ref. I don't I don't know how I feel about wrestling press conferences. Not college wrestling. Like, I'm a WWE fan, right? I, I, I follow it. I'm not in it like I was whenever Kevin Nash and Scott Hall walked onto the set of WCW and said, Hey, yo, you know me. You don't know why I'm here. And the whole wrestling world changed. But I'm watching a live press conference right now. <laughs> They're doing it's it, there's a part of me where I'm like, yes, sir, um, it's wrestling. Why are we doing this? Is there a reason why we're doing this right now? I mean, there's I, I get it. We have fake press conferences all the time, but this is hmm, this is something. A lot of good responses on the Knipple Meyer Chevrolet text line. When we were talking about the Alabama story, got Patty Gasso and Skip Johnson in two seconds. But I had questioned, huh, I wonder, 
how they were able to tell whom he was talking to. Now, Johnny from UConn said they claimed the guy he was talking to at his phone wiretapped, so apparently it was not his first time. That would explain a lot. But I tend to go with B. Hines' explanation. Bumpy Rhodes writes, if it did happen there in a casino, there's a chance a microphone could pick up everything, and those surveillance teams love a good challenge. <laughs> so I don't know, Josh. I would, if his fun, and I didn't see that in the story, so maybe that was in another layer of the story that I just completely skimmed past. But that would make a lot of sense if this guy has been accused of some suspicious wagering before. Right. Yeah, and, and again, I, I, I don't know how wiretapping works. I feel like they need to like physically have your phone, don't they, to, to do that or not anymore? I, yeah, I would think so. I mean, based on what I saw from the Sopranos, <laughs> they got to get right? in there and they got to they got to get that landline. On, they got to get after it a little bit. But I mean, obviously, with that type of track record, they're alerted to you probably straight away and. Poor judgment to get involved with somebody. I mean, I guess you don't know who you're dealing with, but probably you should. Are you ready for Patty Gasso, or are you ready for Skip Johnson? Which way would you like to go in paying off big stories two and one for the weekend? Let's let's talk a little baseball. Let's hear from Skip first. Okay. Uh, Skip was on with Toby Roll, and that uh, interview is available right now on the podcast page. And uh, here's here's a two-prong answer, right? Number one, asked about West Virginia, and you get Toby talking about the tournament. Uh, very athletic, very good. Their bullpen is extremely good. Their starting pitching is extremely good. Um, they're, they're a good club, and it's going to be a good opportunity for us. I mean, they can run. They've had probably the best hitter in our conference. Um uh, I mean, they, they do a lot of things right. J.J. Weatherholt, who you're talking about, he's hitting about 460, I think, on the year. How do you get this guy out? Uh, I'm not sure I figure that out. <laughs> I mean, it would be fun to figure out. Be fun to whatever it is. Hit. Yeah, whatever it is, don't say it over the public airwaves. That's a that's a smart oh, – well, uh, I, I mean – I, we can get him out. I just have to bring back uh, 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 Kate Horton. <laughs> I was wrong. He's hitting 470 now on the wow. year with uh, 12 home runs and 51 runs batted in. Yeah, he's uh, walking. Well, <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did to Barry Bonds, right? That's right. I mean, I think it's a two-horse race between him and Gavin Cash. Uh, the, the kid at Texas Tech's having an incredible year down there yeah. too but i'm looking forward to seeing weatherhold i asked you this question on tuesday but for our radio audience i'd love to hear your answer too we're down to 10 games to go in the regular season where do you feel like you are right now in the ncaa tournament picture well i mean i think if we stop right now we'd probably uh, uh we might get in um as a three c probably uh, i think our rpi is good enough to do that i think our wins against the um um, the competition, you know, the the, the better competition has been good. We're, we're 500 in conference. I think that, unfortunately, our conference is uh, um, it needs to, needs better recognition or whatever you say about it. Um, 
Uh, I mean, I, I think that we've got to win. If we win two out of three the next two weekends, we get in for sure. Um, win two out of three this weekend, uh, it'll help us a lot. Um, if we were to stop right now for the conference tournaments, I think we'd have to win one game. Uh, I, don't, I don't really don't know. I mean, that's you never know. Our RPI is at 50 uh, something, and uh, uh, we'll see from there. There you go. That skip on exactly how they feel about where they are RPI wise, and I think he's right. I mean, I Skip gets it. They're in a position to where, hey, let's win two of three this week and two of three against, you know, Oklahoma State, and we're in a great spot. Uh, anything else to add on baseball before I jump over here to Coach Gasso in the future of Bedlam? Oh, it's just, I mean, what else can you say other than clearly this is a massive series for Oklahoma? And, I mean, it feels like is there a path outside of winning the Big 12 tournament into the into the postseason without winning this series? Yeah, probably, I guess, if you win just about everywhere else. But, uh, I mean, doesn't this kind of feel imperative? Huge. Massive. Massive. 5.30 first pitch. Toby will be on the air 5 o'clock tonight. Okay to shift to softball? Let's shift away. Quote, when asked about the future of Bedlam softball, Kenny Gajewski, I've tried to tell them that we want to play, but I don't have very good luck getting responses. I'm pretty open that we want to play. I don't know how that looks. I don't know if we could play three games and it's one in Stillwater, one in Norman, and one in Oklahoma City, or if it's a weekend. I think it would be good for both teams. I know that they're going into the number one conference, but it would shock me if they didn't want to play, to be honest. I ought to think that we'll play, but I don't have any kind of clarification. I don't have any communication. Now, Josh, paint me someone that reads into that quite a bit, but it's almost as if Kenny Gajewski is trying to make it sound like Oklahoma is ducking them. Am I reading too much into that? Yeah, I think you're reading a little too much into it. Okay. I I could see where others would take bits and pieces of that quote and feel that way. Sure. But I think Coach Gajewski and Oklahoma State, everybody knows Oklahoma's not ducking anybody. They've, they've won multiple national championships in a row. They've won five in the last decade. They're probably going to do that again. Uh, th- there's no – the way they schedule aggressively, Oklahoma's not – I think that he does feel maybe that he can't get Patty Gasso or whoever on the phone. I don't know why that would be the case. I don't know if there's any genuine truth to that. Um, and, and keep in mind also, and I, I like Kenny Gajewski, but this is the Love same. Him. This is the same, uh, and I appreciate his willingness and openness to just kind of say what's on his mind. But this is the same Oklahoma State that the series was not being played on home sites, and they chose to get it to where it was getting played on a home site. So you take that for what it's worth from a scheduling standpoint. Exactly. Here, so Coach Castle was asked about it. I, this is that audio that's really low, Josh. So I'll just, I'll crank down all my stuff here. Beak. All right. Here's what Coach Castle said. It's really interesting because I haven't even gotten halfway through my 2024 schedule, so it's not on my mind whatsoever. I'm assuming that our athletic director will have some input on it. 
I've never been called and asked to play. I've never, it's never even been discussed. So I'm not worried about it. When there's the right time for me to even think about it, I will. No one's afraid to play anyone else, anything like that. It's really, I have to understand the dynamics of what we're walking into and what makes sense. So first and foremost, I'm gonna take care of our team, but I have, and, and what's best for us. But our athletic director may be having something else on it. I don't know, but we will come to that road when it's time, but it's certainly not even close to being time for me to even discuss. Is it, is it important for you to know how the SEC scheduling plays out? Is that a big piece of your mind? Okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay. There's, um, it's completely new to me. I mean, my whole life here, I've been begging people to play us. <laughs> now it's like, I've got an army ready to come get us. So I've got to figure out how that plays out and, and all of that. So would you maintain like a, I know before it was, you know, one, 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 or however it was done with Bedlam. Would you be interested if it became something like that? Or, I mean, I don't know if you've given much thought to it. I really haven't. Okay. I mean, there was a time when we were doing a home, Hall of Fame and a home. Yeah and that was not changed by me so that made a lot of sense but i don't know i really if i'm if i'm going to be honest it's not even on my plate right now there's so many other things i'm going to worry about like going into the sec or something i gotta yeah that's a whole other animal that i'm looking forward to but it's scheduling wise i haven't i'm just trying to work on 2024 but if it works right we're in we're in there's no oh gosh we don't want to it's just sense doesn't make sense if if they were to get sorry about that i hit off a couple of times but i thought all that was good josh i thought we needed to hear it all for context good back and forth between coach and jenny and i think jenny wrote about it too um could you imagine if if we could get a situation where they could play this series and I don't know if the future of the Big 12 tournament is going to be in uh, Oklahoma City. I don't know if the future of the Big 12 tournament might be somewhere, you know, gosh, maybe in maybe in Florida, right, with UCF being in the mix and some of the facilities they have there, Josh. I don't know what it looks like. But could you imagine if as a warm-up for the Women's College World Series, if we could get those outfield bleachers in, by the final week of the season and have OU and OSU play a Bedlam series where one game was in Stillwater, one game was at Love's Field, and one game was there in Oklahoma City. I think that they would sell it out. There's no doubt in my mind that every seat would be packed and filled even as a non-conference game in Oklahoma City. So I hope that it gets worked out. But as Coach Gasso said, nobody's ducking anyone, and right now it's the farthest thing from Oklahoma's mind. We still don't know what the Big Twelve schedule or the uh, SEC schedule is going to look like. Sure, and and I get for both Coach Gasso and Coach Gajewski in their respective defenses here, they were each asked a question about this, probably from Ginny Carlson. It sounds like from uh, the audio there about, hey, what's the future of this? And, and and people do want to know. There, there's a certain amount of fans and media members, maybe even more so at times than fans, that want to know, hey, what's the future of this thing? What's the future of Bedlam? And they each uh, gave their answers. But I would bet 
both Plank, Gajewski, and Gasso. I mean, they're way more focused on what's going on this weekend in Bedlam, and they're way more focused on trying to win a national championship if you're Oklahoma and the rest of the season. Yeah. It's an off-season piece that we're talking about in season. And, and I think both were just answering a question. All right, quick break. We'll get your texts on it next. We're live at Riverwind Casino, riverwindcasino.com, Showplace Theater back open. Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, and Aaron Lewis tickets on sale today and online now at riverwind.com. It is The Plank Show. Hey, our buddy Trevor Lefouche coming in next segment, right, Josh? He is, yes. Yeah, to close up shop on this week and get a set for a little second round 6A girls soccer playoff action, which I will be broadcasting live with you this evening on krefsports.tv. krefsports.tv. Uh, Sean writes, I'd rather have the SEC tournament in OKC than ever play <laughs> the posse again. Yeah, okay. I, 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 the SEC tournament moves from campus site to campus site, but I will say this. Uh, the SEC tournament at Love's Field is going to be straight fire. Straight fire. Um, Brian with the Y in Tulsa. I mentioned he's been on fire today. He writes, this may be a homer text, but if a guy decides to be a Sooner, then we should be all in on him. The University of Oklahoma doesn't just offer out scholarships without doing homework. Boy, there's some people that can pull up recruiting classes from, uh, what's, the, what's the class that Jonathan Perkins was in, Josh? <laughs> from like 2016, 2017, and argue with that, argue with you on that one. But I agree with you. Uh, I like this from the 405. Imagine being a fan, having never coached linebackers, and you're critiquing him for taking a backer that he thinks can make a difference. Bunch of fair-weather fans. Now, I want to be honest with you, Josh, and, and I don't know. Like I said, I can't. Guys, I can't do the message boards. Though the text line's getting pretty close. I, I haven't really seen a ton of people that are like, gosh, Ferris State, what's this it, all about? I really have It's been mostly positive. But I just positive. feel like those – it's been incredibly positive. But like I said, those who are concerned over having to go D2 are very loud about their concerns. So, again, I don't think it's many. I just think it's people that this, are a little bit louder. Uh, this is Plank and Josh fight with the imaginary argument. <laughs> there's, there's been not a ton oh, of that. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> very good. There's not been Where's a ton that of text? it. 2019, by the way, uh, the that? Jonathan Perkins class. 19. Yeah, that was the class where you looked at it. You're like, wait, some guy in that class didn't even make it to campus, and he signed in February. Uh, a couple of other things. Here, here's on the Bama thing, all right? Las Vegas Sooner would have a great perspective on this. He writes, I believe it's better to have gambling regulated versus the local slash regional bookie influence on games, etc. The experts in Nevada are all over betting anomalies. No such thing in gaming. Love the show Vegas Sooner. I, I'm not, I, I hope it didn't come across as us trying to say that, you know, the mobile wagering the sports wagering that's taking place is a bad thing uh it opens itself up to maybe more concerns with stories like this but you're a thousand percent right i mean it's like anything weed (laughs) i'd i'd much rather know what i'm getting and that it's boy i probably should have stopped right there but just not me personally (laughs) 
but just in anything that you that you have that you have an overriding system to con to ensure that you're not being taken advantage of or that there aren't any anomalies right and that the recreational marijuana side of things the legal wagering side of things all of that i'm okay with having an overlord watching over it and i think that's what las vegas sooner is basically saying it's better than a bookie or it's better than you know someone down on the street corner taking your bets it's probably much smarter and safer that way this one from the 918 and then we'll get a break and we'll get trevin here to wrap the show up the bama thing is worse than most people think saban let his players slap a woman with no penalty Oates covered up a murder and his player got off even though he was at the scene and handed the other player a weapon allegedly and now this baseball thing ad is absolutely gone imo the slap was of the fan what was that the tennessee story when they were coming off the field isn't that what that last one was mm-hmm. that he's talking about? I think it was. Um, Roll Tide. Greg Burns not going anywhere. No. As long as football is winning, they're fine. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one from the 405. I understand the number one softball recruit in the country this year has been lured away to UCLA for a $100,000 NIL payment. Prior to the 100K, she was coming here. Can you confirm this report? I guess losing by 29 to zip in their last two games with the Sooners has come to roost in L.A. That's from Sooner Howell. <laughs> awesome. Great. If uh, a softball player is able to get a $100,000 NIL payment, I'm all for it. Uh, Oklahoma's not going to be in the business of offering someone who hasn't done anything at the collegiate level $100,000 ever. So I, if she's able to get that from UCLA – I can't confirm it. I can't deny it. It's the first I've heard of it sooner, Hal, from your text. But I kind of feel like that, you know, OU's NIL plan, just because it's not out in front of your face and you don't have a bunch of stories like Miami and this alleged story, it doesn't mean that there isn't some incredible things going on behind the scenes with NIL right now for Oklahoma. Quick break. Let's talk about a big broadcast tonight on KRFSports.tv to wrap up the Plank Show next. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Our final segment is shining the light on a big broadcast we have tonight. Norman North Girls soccer team squares off in the quarters or quarters against Edmund Memorial at Bryant Young Memorial Field over at Norman North. Their head girls soccer coach Trevor LaFoon, our buddy, joins us. Trev, first and foremost, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Just kind of Take me through how you felt about the way this team has responded after the uh, the win in the first round. I know it wasn't necessarily defensively what you wanted to see, but how do you feel about the way this team has responded? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, again, I, I think that anytime you get in the playoffs, it's going to be, you know, tensions are a little higher. Um, but, I mean, to be honest, I have a lot of older players, like players that have played in um, a lot of soccer games, may not necessarily have played in a lot of high school games, but a lot of ECNL, ECRL girls that are younger, um, that have played in big games. So, um, for me, really uh, looking forward to it. And, you know, it's going to be nice out today, mowing today right now. So, uh, lucky mm-hmm. that it's not raining anymore. So, nice. Nice out. 
Brian Young Memorial Field Plank is is basically Trev's Mona Lisa. He's uh, he's done a good job out there putting the <laughs> putting the field together. What's the scouting report, Coach? We'll have the broadcast tonight. KRefSports.tv, seven o'clock kick. We'll go live. Uh, I don't know, fifteen minutes or so before that. But uh, what do you know about Edmund Memorial? What are you expecting tonight? Um, well, I mean, I don't know a ton about them. I know obviously that. I mean, if they're in this spot, they're they're good. We played them uh, once this year. We beat them two to zero. Uh, that was actually the the least amount of goals we've scored in a game this season. So uh, I would say that if we went and pumped them eight nine zero, I'd, I'd feel worse about it, um, just because I feel like you know mentally the girls and high school girls. I mean, once you beat someone really bad, I don't know how how intense you really are. Um, but knowing that we had a close game with them, I, I think the energy will be high tonight. I think that uh, the girls will come out ready to go and. Uh, I, obviously, a lot of those girls play club with each other. Uh, a lot of the Edmond girls play with play with a lot of my girls, so they know each other. But should be exciting. Uh, should be a good game. So hopefully, we can we can win in advance. So. Jeff, final thought, man. Uh, fans can obviously, as Josh brought up, listen at KREF and watch at KRefSports.tv. But how about the crowd, man? Great opportunity for people to get out and see some good soccer see high-level play, and obviously support local. It's it's great opportunity. You need a great crowd tonight is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I thought that actually the last game we played, uh, we had a good crowd, obviously, with North High. Um, and then the boys played right after us. Unfortunately, the boys lost. So uh, there's just going to be one game tonight, but it's at 7 o'clock. should be really nice out. The field's going to be perfect. I'm mowing it right now. So um, if you just want to come look at grass, you can come watch the field. Um, come to the game. But <laughs> if not, at least come out to the game, watch the girls. Uh, you know, this this is our last home game regardless, whether we win, whether we lose. I mean, if we win, we go on the road. So um, not another game the rest of the season for at North. So uh, come out, watch the girls, uh, and hopefully we can – we'd obviously love to have your support and love to see everybody out there. So, Good luck tonight, Trav. Thanks for your time, buddy. Thanks, Plank. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate y'all. Trevor LaFoon, head soccer coach of the Norman North girls team. They score off tonight at 7 o'clock against Edmond memorial in the quarters josh will be on the call on krefsports.tv you can catch me leaving for stillwater in about an hour to get ready for oklahoma and oklahoma state our pregame show is set for what 5 45 with a six o'clock first pitch hey until then y'all have a great rest of your friday steelman's ready to roll here at riverwind casino thanks to justin thanks to connor thanks to the whole crew out here we'll see you back on monday right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.